You're going into deep territory. You're going into dangerous territory. And so I don't think so. Amen. But uh, it is needful. How many of you know, we've heard some mention this week about the difference between men and women. That there needs to be uh, a defining line. There needs to be truth here, right? Men are men. Women are women. And the two are different. Amen? And thank God for that. Hello. And so I want to minister uh, a message I've entitled, The Influence of a Godly Woman, out of Proverbs 31. And uh, before I begin to preach, I'd like to say, amen, uh, that we have some incredible godly women in our churches. Amen. Uh, Pastor and uh, Benita. Benita's been my pastor's wife for 29 years. And how many of you know that's the definition of a virtuous woman? Amen. That's 10 extra points for me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Sister Teresa, I've uh, uh, known her for many, many years, a couple of decades now. And amen. And she's come to uh, Norfolk to uh, with, her, with Pastor Lobato, I've asked her to come. She sings for us. And uh, just, uh, just incredible women and incredible leaders and their wives that we have. Amen. So appreciate that. Amen. Tremendous exampleship. The influence of a godly woman. Let's uh, read together Proverbs 31 beginning in verse 10. And the Bible says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband do safely trust in her so that she shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planted the vineyard. She girded her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold of the staff. She stretcheth out her hands to the poor and yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household. For her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sitteth among the elders of the land, uh, she maketh fine linen and selleth it, and delivereth girdles in, unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth. Uh, she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman... That feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Let's bow our heads for a moment in reverence to God. Father, we come this morning 
We come by the precious blood of your son Jesus. We're asking you, God, to help us. We're asking, God, that you give us understanding and revelation, God. I pray, God, that the women of our church, God, would all be virtuous women. We're careful to give you all the praise and all the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, all God's people say, Amen. The world has a definition of what a woman is, what a wife and what a mother is. But how many of you know God has a definition that is vastly different? These days, amen. The world is saying women are like this and they need to behave this way. But God has an opinion. God has given us the written word of what a woman and what a wife and a mother are to be. In 1865, a man by the name of William Ross Wallace published a poem hailing or uh, uh, exhibiting what womanhood and motherhood are. And he said that, um, that they are the most powerful force in the world. One that is in every place among the highborn and the lowborn alike. And with poetic beauty, uh, beauty and literary, uh, literary skill, he said these words uh, that many have uh, uh, heard before. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world and calls women to recognize the intrinsic power that they possess as women and as mothers. Can you say amen? You know, women and mothers have tremendous influence. How many know that the women in our church possess tremendous influence when they use it properly. Amen. In uh, Second Chronicles, uh, there are two examples. One is Isaiah, who was 22 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Ataliah, the granddaughter of Amri. And it says, he also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor in doing wickedly. And conversely, in the passage introducing King Hezekiah, we read that Hezekiah began to reign when he was 25 years old and reigned for 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to to all that David, his father, had done. How many of you know that as a mother, you can have tremendous influence upon your children? Amen. They, they learn. As a matter of fact, they say that the first seven years of a child's life, they're going to get most all of their influence from their mother, especially if she stays home and She's a home uh, uh, maker. If she's a domestic engineer, how many of you know she's going to get all, that kid is going to get all the influence from mommy. Then after the age of seven, that's when that kid begins to get most of their influence from their father. So how many of you know, just to throw this in for free, it really helps, ladies, uh, amen, uh, to be a domestic engineer if you can. Amen. Love your husband, respect him, and let him go and make all the money. 
And you sleep in when you want. Hallelujah. Amen. It's okay. It's okay for you ladies to, amen, get, get all the beauty sleep, amen, you want. Hallelujah. Us, us men like beauty. Amen. <laughs> Another thing is that uh, you're called to be a wife. And how many of you know God made man, but then he realized, you know what? Man is not complete. And therefore, he made woman. And he said that the woman was to be the helpmate. Amen. How many enjoy having a helpmate with you? Amen. But you know what? Sometimes it's not a helpmate. I mean, can we be honest in church? Sometimes, if you're not careful, sister, you can be a hurt mate. You can hurt your husband tremendously. Hello. And so, you know the popular saying, behind every great man, there is a great... Hey, every head bowed, every eye closed. You can either be a great blessing... And a great asset to your husband. And you can edify and build up your husband's life, your marriage, your home, your church. Or you can tear it down. You can either be a helpmate or a hurtmate. And what our churches need, what our ministries need, are women who understand the influence that they possess. A virtuous woman is a powerful force in the scope of what we are talking about this morning and this week. Amen. The building of churches and planting of churches and raising, amen, godly offspring and, amen, all that we're involved in. How many of you know Ladies, that if you understand this, amen, you can be a tremendous, tremendous blessing. The word virtuous, if you look it up in the dictionary, says this definition, conforming to moral and ethical principles. Someone who is morally excellent, upright, chaste, amen, Someone who leads a virtuous life. Someone who has their emotions and feelings under control. How many women do not know or realize how much intrinsic power and influence they really have? How much they can affect their church, their marriage, even the spiritual climate of everything they put their hands to. A woman who knows how to conduct herself, knows her place and role, becomes an incredible asset to her husband's life. And to the church of Jesus Christ. How many of you know women are not called to be the head? Amen. 
they are, you know, they are equal with their husbands, but not called to be the head. Think about this when we think about the Trinity, when we think about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, right? What our minds usually go to is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's, what our, that's how our minds think. But how many of you know it's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? And they have a different role. But they are the triune God. And so when we think of husband, and we say husband, wife, uh, and children, we go husband, wife, and children. But how many of you know it's husband, wife, and children? And your wife is equal with you, brother. She's simply not the leader. And sister, you have a different role than your husband. Although some women like to be the head. Amen. That's the problem. That's why I'm preaching this. Because she forgot to read Proverbs 31 this year. Amen. Do some ladies well to read some Proverbs 31. Amen. Do some well for some husbands to tell us, hey, 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 chill out. Proverbs 31, go read it. We'll, we'll talk later. We'll fight later after you read Proverbs 31. <laughs> and, and listen, I'm not saying that everything hinges on the wife, but how many of you know that it takes two to tangle? Hello. It takes two to tangle. It takes a husband doing his job and performing his role and it takes his wife being in her role and doing her job. It takes two to tangle. People be coming to me all crazy. Pastor, I can't be. I said, it takes two to tangle. And then when you get the other side of the story, you say, oh, you left out a lot of pertinent information. You never mentioned that you threw the frying pan. Pastor, my husband pushed me. You didn't mention that you socked him. Amen first. Bam! You left that part out. It takes two to tangle, don't it? But it takes a good husband and a good wife to have a good marriage. And so I'm not saying that, hey, sister, this all hinges on you. But listen, you have your part to play. And you can be a helpmate. But you can also be a hurtmate. Listen, when you are helping him, when you're realizing your place and your role, which is not inferior to your husband, I know the Bible says the weaker vessel, but come on, that's pretty much true. Hello, you know, women don't belong on the front lines of, a, of combat. Amen, they really don't. It's just nature just tells you that, hey, Men have more endurance. Men are typically stronger. Now, I know there's a few exceptions out there. But I said, generally speaking, you know, like 99%. And so, listen, when, you are, when you're performing your place as a Christian lady, as a godly woman, as a virtuous woman, you are helping yourself. When you're helping him, you're helping yourself. Why? Because when he goes down, 
you go down. When he goes up, you go up. I have seen over the years where a guy is doing really well in church or we, you know, we, we make him a leader of something in the church. All of a sudden, you know, this disciple, he goes into the next stage and he's not just, now, just a, now he's a Bible study leader. And I watched the wife, amen. Boy, she's walking like a peacock, amen. She's like, that's my man. You guys are having too much fun. But I've watched when homie went down for something. I watch when homie has been disciplined or when he's lost his Bible study. And you don't see sister coming in like a peacock no more. Now she's, she's trying to find a shell. She's trying to find a chair she can hide on. She, she don't want to look at nobody. She's depressed. She's oppressed because homie went down. And when homie goes down, you go down. Hello? And sometimes it's because you've been giving them hell at home. You've added to the stress of life when you didn't have to. Listen, I don't know if you know these ladies, but homie got to get up early in the morning. And homie got to drive. And like where I live at, the guys, most of the guys work at the shipyard. So they get to work. And then because of all the shipyard work, they got to walk a mile from the parking to their job. Whether it's cold, whether it's hot. And then they got to put up with some crazy psycho boss who's got a chip on his shoulder. And because he's a federal uh, employee, he cannot get fired. How many of you know you act differently when you know you can't get fired? And so homie's all stressed out. And then he's got to walk another mile back to his car. And then he's got to fight the, the traffic and, uh, and the uh, road rage to get home. And then all he wants is 30 minutes of peace and quiet. And a little bit of food. <laughs> Maybe something else later on, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> so listen. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know, I know that the kids have given her hell. I know. I know those kids were jumping off of everything. I know. I have five grandsons. We watch them sometimes. And I'm like, I can't do this. I belong outside. I, I'm serious. On some occasions, we've got upwards of five of the five. And that's, uh, I mean, it's a world, WWF, uh, Superfly, snooker going on. They're body slamming each other. They're making a mess. I'm like, I got to go. That's hard work, you women. Hats off to all you women who stay home with your kids. Hats off. Amen. That is incredible what you women do, what you women go through. But listen, listen, sister. 
He just wants a little peace and quiet, 30 minutes. Amen. You know, you watch the video, in the nothing box. What you doing? Nothing, and I like it. What you reading? Nothing. Leave me alone. 30 minutes, and then, hey, hey we're back in business. Because, I mean, you know, and then our guys are good guys, man. They went to morning prayer. They went through all that. They came home. They brought the money to you. They didn't waste it on vices. They didn't go down to the strip club. I mean, these are good guys. But sometimes, it's not good enough. It's not good enough until you've ripped the spine right out of his back. What happened to you, brother? I can't talk about it. Rip that bad boy right out of his back. The brother is spineless. Limp noodle. So if he's, if he's doing good, if, he's, if, if you're building him up, if you're building his ego, if you say thank you once in a while, mm, here, I better get on that boat my brother was talking about. <laughs> you know, once in a while, it's okay. You should say thank you. Just like your brother, you should thank your wife. You should thank her for all that she does. But this is, you know, this is what we call reciprocity. You need to reciprocate with your spouse. Thank you so much for that. And you know what? I, I dare say there's some women sitting here that you, you haven't told your husband thank you for all the mess that he puts up with on top of you. Come on now. I know I made a few friends, and they're not female. Listen, in Ephesians 5, it tells us the two have become one, one flesh. So whatever harms him, harms you. Whatever harms her, harms you. To do the will of God, it takes a man who will be a man and a leader, but it will not be complete or it will not be effective without a good woman. Amen. I got a quote from, uh, one is from Pastor Campbell here. It's in this book. I bought a conference called Preach It Again. Listen, listen. Let me find it real quick. I says the story, this was from Pastor Campbell. The story of Moses and his wife Zipporah is an intriguing one. After Zipporah circumcised their sons, they were never heard from again. Moses didn't do his job, and Zipporah's action may have effectively ended her son's ministry. Dave Marks, in this book of quotes, it says, Jezebel is an, in is an interesting character in the Bible. The last time we see her, she is surrounded by eunuchs. That, those are emasculated men and domineering women go hand in hand. That's what I said. Listen, sister, your ministry is not to be domineering. It's to be a virtuous woman. It's to be kind. It's to be respectful. It's to know your role in the marriage, your role in the house of God. 
Since, isn't it interesting that the Bible is not just about men who did great exploits for God? Not only is that no, but not only men who did great things, but men with great women. There's that saying that behind every great man is a great woman. And since you can be a great blessing to your husband and add to his life and ministry, or you can be a great liability. Amen. You know, if we can be honest, often, you know, we'll conversate. People would often ask, you know, and you'll, you know, you'll mention a person, you'll mention a brother, you'll mention a, a pastor, you know, and, you know, often then, well, what about the, what about the wife? Hello? And, you know, that's where it gets quiet and everybody, yeah, well, praise the Lord. You know, we, you know, we're Americans, we read between the lines. We even ask questions so we can read between the lines. We, we ask questions in between the lines so we can get the, the answer. Well, what about, <laughs> praise the Lord. So, secondly, and very quickly, I want to talk about the connected wife. In our text, it begins to enumerate. It's rather lengthy, so I won't read it all again, but I'll just highlight a few. Verse 12, she brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. Verse 26, she speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. It, in, other, in other verses, it talks about her laboring with her hands. It talks about her being kind. How many of you know a wise woman is such a blessing? A wise woman. In other words, a woman who has wisdom to her life. A woman who has wisdom to it in her life is connected to God. She's, she's tapped in. She's asking God in prayer for wisdom. And God is giving her downloads. Hello. How, do you, how else do you get wisdom? The Bible says you ask for it. And God will give it to us generously. Hello. And so if you see a woman that knows her role, she's a godly woman. She is connected amen she's tapped in she's a very likely a woman of prayer and a woman who knows her bible or reads her bible bible says they are chaste without unnecessary ornamentation simple or restrained amen you know what today the world says if you to be a real woman you gotta you have to have all this extra ornaments amen right that you have to be, you know, eye candy. I dare say some, some people spend way too much time on the outward. And they spend some of that time on the inward. The real beauty of a woman is not how beautiful she is. Hello. It's what's coming out of her, her heart and her mouth. That's the real beauty. I trip out with the women who, you know, they think it's all about the external. Amen. They got these real high heels. I'm not against high heels, but some ladies ought to stay away from those things. You ever see, you ever see a sister wearing them high heels that are too high? Hello? It's like, I thought you was 4'9", and now she's like 6'9". 
And she can't even walk in those things. I've seen some few. I'm like, I don't think she should be wearing those things. Amen. I bet you there's a lot of broken ankles in the world because of those things. They think it's all about how pretty they are until they start talking. Hello. You know, the Bible says that the aged women, likewise, that they in, be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, keepers at home, home. I mean, every, today, every, you know, I understand there are single moms who, you know, and different things. There's always exceptions, right? But you know what? Uh, it takes a lot to keep a home. It takes a lot to raise those kids. And the Bible says keepers at home, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. They are quiet and meek. Amen. First Peter says, likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of their wives. While they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that of the outward, adorning of plating the hair and wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. And that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price or great value. For after this manner in the old times, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now, you know, we, us guys, we like to play with that word. When we hear that, we're like, yo, I'm going to get her to call me Lord. No, that was just respect. That's, that was in those times. Be a little weird. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, it's basically that she had the utmost respect for Abraham. And then, you know, let me just add this. In those days... Ladies, you would have to have the utmost respect for your husband because in those days, men often took more than one wife. Thank God that doesn't happen today. Hello. Although, although this is where when a wife is being so disrespectful, I, I remember seeing a sister in church years ago. Husband came. She was talking with another lady. He came there. And within earshot, I remember the lady saying, Snapping her fingers and telling him, go away from me in the car. And, I, you know, now I'm like, okay, I want to see him stand up. You're like, are you crazy? How dare you talk to me like that? Instead, he's. And I said, I can't believe she just said that to her husband. Hello. I'd have been like, woman. I'm just going to say this just for the, for the laughter effect, right? But I don't mean it. 
I'll drop kick you right here. <laughs> but I, I never, I'll never do that. Amen. No, no, no. no. I, it doesn't even cross my mind. Mm -mm. Carmen knows where my guns and knives are. I don't even go there. I did one time. She, li she likes when I tell this story. One time I... You know, we weren't saved, and I, I say, I, I cocked my hand back like, I'm going to slap you. She was, you know, you know my wife, little tiny little thing, and, you know, push, you know. I say, we weren't saved. She, she, she put her finger in my face. She said, that'd be the last time you don't go to sleep. <laughs> mm -hmm. You touch me, you better not go to sleep, buddy. And instantly, I could see the knife in my chest. That hand went down, and it has never come up again. Right here, and I got to move quickly. Right here, some women would say, if my husband was this way or that way, hello, my husband was this or my husband was that. And whatever that is or whatever is that, you fill in the blanks. We don't have time. But listen, we are masters at playing the blame game. At turning the tables when we want to justify ourselves. Listen, forget about if your husband was this or your husband was that. And whatever that is to you. This, this morning, is what God instructs you to be, sister. Regardless, God will deal with your husband. But this is for you to digest, for you to process. Hello, because I've had, I've, I've, you know, I got 20 little years under my belt. And I've had, well, if my husband, well, 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 forget about what your husband is or what isn't, he isn't. What about what God is telling you? Huh? The truth is you must deal with this. By the truth, there you go. Abigail was a godly woman. Who was married to a, to a man who was severely lacking. Actually, the Bible says that this man was churlish. Churlish means he was rude and mean-spirited. He was vulgar. He was marked by a lack of civility or graciousness. Difficult to work with or deal with. He was a churlish man. And yet, Abigail, even though she was married... To such, even, the, even another translation says, to such fool, a fool, how many of you know she conducted herself as a virtuous woman? When she heard what was going to go down, and instead of rejoicing and thinking, you know what, this is my chance to get rid of Mr. Churlish. She, amen, went into action and she provided, she got all the, all the provisions that David needed. She met David halfway before he got too close to kill everybody. She got off her, uh, her animal. She bowed down before David. She's basically saying, I respect you. We're at your mercy. She brings all the provisions. She says, listen, for, I know my husband is a fool. But please think about the future. Think about your future. Think about your testimony. And she does what, what is right, even though she was married to a fool. So we have no excuse. 
Well, I'm married. You know, you don't know what I'm married to. I don't know what you're married to, maybe. But you know what? You process this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You do right, my sister. You be a virtuous woman. Hello. Well, pastor, you don't know how I was raised and how I was brought up. It's called being born again. How long ago were you born again? I know it wasn't last night. You were born again five years, 10, 20 years ago. You, you supposedly have that new nature that God has been adding to. This week alone will be 17 Holy Ghost messages. Esther, her birth name was Hadash. She was of the tribe of Benjamin, lived during the time that Israel was exiled. Tragically, she was orphaned at an early age. You see, because we often, when we don't want to deal some, with something, we often go back, well, I had a bad childhood. We all had bad childhoods, most of us. Broken homes, different things, violations, abuse. We were abandoned, had broken Parents, mom went this way, dad went the other way. After Esther's parents died, she was adopted by her cousin named Mordecai. This was fortunate for her because Mordecai was a God-fearing man who loved her dearly and raised her well in the face of a dreadful circumstance. You know what? Esther, and I think it was mentioned this morning already, she understood her place, didn't she? She understood her place. And not only was her beauty outwardly, she had an inward beauty. Amen. Not every man is fortunate to have both, but thank God when you do. She understood her place. You know what I love about her name, her Hebrew name, is that it actually means myrtle. And myrtle has a very sweet aroma, very sweet fragrance. How I many of you know she was a helpmate who brought a sweet fragrance to her life and to her, to her husband, to her situation? Can you say amen? In other words, she's by her husband and it's, it brings, amen, a, it brings a nice aroma. It's like... What kind of aroma do you bring to your husband? Hello? Do you compliment his life? Do you help him? Do you, amen, try to relieve some of the stress that he goes through, the mind battles? Are you a helpmate or are you a hurtmate? Hello? Don't get quiet on me now. You're laughing the whole time, and now you're always here. Some of the ladies are like, tell me the truth. <laughs> are you his helpmate, sister? You know... 
Charm and grace are deceptive. The Amplified Version says superficial. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, reverently worshiping, obeying, serving, and trusting Him will, with awe-filled respect, she shall be praised. My sister, I can't belabor the point, and I understand very well that your husband needs to make time for you. Your husband needs to love you. He needs to figure out what your love language is. Could be different for different women. But the Bible in Ephesians says you have to respect your husband. And I, I would say that in 20 years of pastoring, I've, I've had council sessions, different times, different phone calls where, you know what, that's not happening. You're not respecting him. Hello. And that's not right. Can you say amen? He needs to, he needs to love you, but you need to reverence your husband. You need to respect him. That will bring, that will bring the best out of him. And I know all the men uh, could throw a little amen right now. If he'll respect you, um, sister, if you respect him, he'll wake up different. He'll be out there thinking, how can I, how can I do good by my wife? How can, I, how can I get more blessing to her if you respect him? But if you disrespect him, if you disrespect him at home, and you disrespect him in public and in church, you're not going to have a good marriage. You're not going to have a good ministry. Hello. People are going to feel that. Pastor Gunkel, when he came Sunday, he brought out a ruler and talked about this, the science of what we put out, what we emanate, and what we influence. Hello, people will feel that. They'll take a look at you and go, here's a woman that doesn't respect her husband. He'll be preaching. They'll take a peek over and be like, here's a woman that doesn't even believe what he's preaching. Hello. Sister, you have to respect your husband. And you know what? This can be the tipping point in what we're trying to even accomplish this week. If you would tell your husband, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'll follow you. I believe in you. I respect you. You've never let us down. If you want to go, let's do it. Hello? I saw a couple of nervous women right now. <laughs> I did. I can, you, you get a great view from up here. I was like, <laughs> no, no, really. If you tell him that, if he knows you believe in him, if he knows you respect him, if you're his helpmate, oh, that'll make a difference. That'll, that can make a difference tonight. That can make a difference tomorrow night. What we end up doing here in conclusion of this conference. Can you say Amen. That's all I got this morning. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Powerful preaching, right? I got to say that to my pastor. So. <laughs> it's always good to hear him preach. Amen. Just a quick announcement, a quick change. The business meeting has been changed to today. 
right after the uh, morning seminar, uh, the next seminar. So the business meeting is today. So please, uh, as soon as the, the seminar's over this morning, go to the back room there so we can get the meeting done. Amen. So let's stand to our feet. Amen. Remember, no food or drink in the sanctuary. Please.